0: no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details start and end your day with the good news the good news with angie austin find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com now here's angie austin and friends with the good news
2: Hello, friends. Angie Austin here, along with the Good News Gals, and one of my favorite authors and speakers, Arlene Pellicane. She's written uh, several books: becoming 31 uh, uh, days to becoming a happy wife, 31 days to becoming a happy mom, growing up social and calm, cool and connected. And Calm, Cool, and Connected, Five Digital Habits for a bo- uh, More Balanced Life is what we're going to focus on in this segment. And joining me, good news gals, Beatrice Bruno, Donna Hetzler, Michelle Betts, and Monique Davis. were authors, speakers, radio people, moms, and businesswomen. And we like to get together and share positive stories and kind of open that door to the hope of Jesus and the hope of the kind and good news that really does exist in our country that we often don't see um, on TV or hear about on the radio. Uh, Welcome, my friend, Arlene Pellicane. It's so nice to be with you and with all the girls. Love it. So uh, give us kind of a little snippet, a synopsis of your book, because we actually, earlier in the week, we're having a discussion about how to model the proper uh, digital behavior in front of our kids so they don't see, you know, addicted parents who are addicted to their cell phones Mm -hmm. sitting at a, a restaurant with the whole family then eventually on their phones.
3: Yeah, it's like if you picture yourself, do you want yourself? You want to be a calm person, or do you want to be stressed out, worried, overwhelmed? You know, all of us want to be that calm person, and technology is there to help us, but a lot of times it's not really helping us. It's like putting more on our plate instead of taking less off of it, and so this book, Calm, Cool, and Connected, is about how can you build positive habits in your life so you don't have to ditch your technology altogether, but... Mm-hmm. You tell your phone where to go and where to be instead of your phone dictating your life, you know. So kind of turning that around and with a few simple habits, you really can experience a lot of good changes with your family, with yourself, your relationship with God.
2: You know, uh, several of the the women uh, have uh, kids in the room, and three of us actually know through our kids Um, You've got three, Arlene, I've Mm -hmm, got three, Monique has three, and Michelle has three, Mm -hmm. Uh, Beatrice has four. Hers are grown now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Mm -hmm. uh, we've got um, elementary, middle, and high school kids between the three of us gals here. Uh, And we were talking about uh, social media. My son wants to be on it, and I won't let him. A lot of the kids are on Mm -hmm. Snapchat and I'm already seeing like things that aren't necessarily positive coming out of that. And I know that there's right. a lot of pressure with pictures, you know, who got more likes, who's cooler, who has more friends, who has more connections, who's more, you know, liked by others. And that that puts yeah. an extra level of uh, pressure on the kids, but also then the bullying that can take place uh, on social media yeah. as well. So let's start f- with the negative effects first of too much social media, because my son's really begging me for Snapchat and I'm like, no. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And that's such a good point because I have a 13 year old son. He has no social media. I have an 11 year old daughter in sixth grade, and her school was just talking about doing a little poll if kids should be on social media or not, like kids under 13, and so they kind of are talking about in the classroom. So, you know, statistically, they say in terms of cyberbullying, up to 40% of children have been involved in some kind of cyberbullying incident. And, you know, we as parents live in such a safety generation, like, don't play tag, don't run, you might hurt yourself, like, we're all about safety. And yet we'll give our child a phone and say, oh, yeah, go ahead, sign on to these social media accounts where – so many, of th- so many of the things that they're going to read about themselves and maybe even post about others are not healthy or safe at all. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely a factor. And then in terms of mental health, you know, that's something that's in- on the forefront of many people's minds. And they say that 48% of teens who spend more than
2: five hours a day an electronic
3: device and we know that a lot now, of now is that uncommon for kids to
2: be do you, okay i'm just looking around at some of the moms in here five hours now i know that there are kids that are messaging my son while his so, f- phone yeah. is in the kitchen and I, and I also take it away from him during he doesn't he has it at school in case i need to reach him or at mm-hmm. practice but i don't really want him on it when we're at home because there's too much to do right Yes, yeah. but I, th- I think there are kids who are on it five together. hours a day. Arlene, aren't there are kids on who are on it five hours a day, right?
3: There are, and one out of two of those kids will report having, uh, being more lonely, uh, thinking it's, they have a suicidal thought, things like that. And so the mental health of your child is also at risk. And the thing is, you know, yeah, the the children of yesteryear, what did they do? They played outside. They rode bikes. They talked to each other in real life. They, they got in trouble, but it was more fun because they were outside getting into stuff. And, you know, and so today, as kids are so, their spare time is spent on the couch with a phone when they're with their friends. They're all, they may all be holding their phones. And so With parents, we if we say, wait a minute, this is you're supposed to have fun. This is your adolescence. This is you being a kid. Like go be a kid. Get off your phone. And it may make them uh, feel like, wow, I'm not like the other people because so many of their friends will be on their phones. But I think if you give your child enough pace of like what it means to be healthy, what it means to be physically active mm-hmm. and to be able to read books that they're interested in, to be able to build projects, to do things, they will realize this is a whole lot better than like trying to build my streaks up in Snapchat. Like th- I actually enjoy this better.
4: Hey Arlene, this is Beatrice and it's good to talk to you again. And, and I love what you said about you tell your cell phone where to go. I really love that. I really yeah. do. <laughs> but uh, yeah. my husband and I were in a restaurant um, a little while ago and we saw a family family of four the husband mm-hmm. the wife the son and the daughter they were all sitting at the table in the restaurant on their cell phones what do we yes. how do we you know that's that's got to be wrong on so many different levels okay sure <laughs> yeah i and i want to say
3: this sometimes we have to think context Mm-hmm. Because I know that there's been times like we can be quick to think, what are you doing? You
2: know, right. but right. it could
3: be that they're all like checking something that a neighbor is going to join them and they want to make sure not to miss it. But obviously, if they have their phones out the entire time, it's mm-hmm. like you didn't need to do that. So just in the back of our minds, let's give grace to the other families. For context but in our own families we know the context uh-huh. of what's going on and we know hey when we walk into a restaurant we are there to talk to each other to talk to the server to make jokes like to be together we're not right. there to be with our phones, and so that's really important to guard yeah. that time and isn't it sad that now it would be more unusual if you saw a family of four and they're all like talking and laughing no phones you would probably want to comment like Oh, I'm so happy to see like a normal family. Yes, to able to talk. yes. I was in the and grocery you, And I think store I think you're
2: right. I, I want to say Arlene, one thing. I think you're right. There is a context yeah. because again, sometimes I am working and I feel blessed that I can go to their practices. And I can return emails and find news stories and get topics and t- communicate with my guests and my and my producer. But um, mm-hmm. there are times when you've got to set it down, look your kid in the eye, and have a relationship with them. My um, my yes. my radio my old radio boss tagged me on this sign, and it's uh, a sign that's at a coffee shop, and it says, "I saw this guy today at Starbucks. No phone, no tablet, no laptop." He just sat there drinking coffee like a psychopath. <laughs> 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 oh,
3: wow. uh, and that guy, that guy is probably a lot calmer yes. and a lot cooler with yes. his temper, and he probably has a, some pretty good ideas rattling around in the brain of his while he just
1: sits there with his coffee. Wow.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say was I saw a child, like, you know, an 18-month-old sitting in the in the shopping cart, and no device. And now I have made it, it has become so common to see them holding devices in the grocery store mm-hmm. that I almost commented to that parent, I am so glad that you have your child in the grocery store with no device. But <laughs> I refrained. but next time I might compliment that gentleman. <laughs>
5: I have a question for you. This is Donna Hetzler. So, how do we get like our spouses, Angie was talking about this earlier, yeah. um, you mm-hmm. know, getting them uh, to, give us our full attention. We all have businesses and things that we need to do. And sometimes I feel like, I know David's busy with his work and, you know, meeting people and inspectors and he's building a house right now. And, um, you know, sometimes I feel like when we go, we're pretty good about putting our phones away, but sometimes I'm like, Okay, I don't want to be that naggy wife and be like, so, you know, can you put your phone down? I mean, I think it's just as hard with spouses and not nagging at each other about it. So, like, how do we kind of motivate? Any advice?
2: And and, and I have to say, I have to say, may I say Arlene Pelican, whom I love and admire greatly? (laughs) Arlene's been joining me. In fact, Arlene, you are one of my all time favorite phone interviews like we've become friends like over the last couple of years me interviewing you in san diego every week and you know and me being here that i know someday we're going to meet because you and i were like we would be the best of friends if we lived in the same town like we (laughs) love each other i have to tell you that i do have an issue right now with um i've got two shows and One's you know been syndicated and this one, and I'm constantly trying to get all of these ducks in a row with some changes I've been making. And so I told the kids this, okay, and we're going to address, Donna, your question. I told the kids this, you have to give me two weeks to be your regular mom again because I'm going, <laughs> dad and I right now, with his startup and some big changes with his company going public. And my thing, look, we're here for you. We're still going to spend all weekend with you. We're going to all your practices, all your swim meets. We had state for three days, and now we have silver state for three days of swim meets all day long. And all of your other games practice, we'll do all that. But then we aren't going to be able to be there for your play dates. I can't do your, I want new shoes. I want to go for candy. I want a hamburger. Like other than all your sports and school I am not going to be your regular mom for two weeks. Don't ask me for anything special. Is that <laughs> horrible? But I gave him like a ton no. of block of time.
3: No, that's so not horrible, and it's an expectation. So you are saying, this is what's going on in our lives. This is the new expectation. Can you guys help me with this? And that's totally legit. Now, the question would be, and this would be a lifestyle question, if you found yourself, which you're not at that point yet, thinking, oh, my word, every week of my life is like this. No, I can't. <laughs> yeah,
2: I would never do like, that to him.
3: Oh, this isn't special anymore. So, but though there are certainly weeks, seasons, months where things are have more pressure for the mom, for the dad, husband and wife, and you are a little more lax. But I think to Donna's question, having that time, not in the heat of the moment when you're like, if you don't put that phone down, you know,
0: not yeah.
2: in that moment, right?
3: But in a different moment to have the discussion. Hey, I was just talking on the radio the other day, and you know <laughs> what? I want to practice to you my spouse is more interesting than my phone you know it's just that line of my spouse is more interesting than my phone so that when I'm in the room with my spouse and my phone, that I will pivot away from my device and I will look my spouse in the eye. I might kiss him. I might hug him. And then I might continue what I'm doing. But th- just that idea that, hey, honey, you are more important to me and even more interesting to me than this phone. And really treating your phone like a hot potato, like once the business is done and you're with your spouse, like get that thing out of there. Mm-hmm. And we as wives can do it. And then as our husbands see that, they will probably appreciate that and realize hey i I should do that too. I'm gonna to do that too, and if you find that he's not really following your amazing modeling, <laughs> then you know that other short discussion of you know, honey, I sometimes feel like I'm second fiddle, and I know that I'm important to you, and it would just really help me if you could and then give very specific instructions like. Finish your phone, and then could you put it in your back pocket when you're done instead of just cradling it and staring at it or whatever it is that he does. (laughs) And so I think it is a good discussion, and it is a good – thing to think my spouse is more interesting than my phone. Now I know a lot of us are like, but that's not true. My phone is
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that man. is hilarious, <laughs> Arlene. I'm be Wait, no, that's why I love you. Some of us uh, probably think that sometimes like if he's complaining yeah. about a work, like I can under I can handle him complaining about work for thirty minutes. And he, if you can imagine this, is the talker in the family. He wants to what? come home and talk about his feelings. <laughs> he wants to talk about his job. That's he right. wants to there talk is. about a problem. And I'm like, oh enough with the talking about your feelings. I'm trying to make dinner here. I've been on the radio for four hours today. I listen to people talk all day long. You get 30 minutes, okay? And after
3: that, I am like, I am done
2: with your problems.
3: Uh, I'm done. Write me.
2: (laughs) What did you say, Arlene?
3: Yes. Yeah, so sometimes you have to find the interesting in your spouse, and okay. sometimes you just okay. have to honor one another in love.
2: Yes, right. <laughs> yes, honor, honor him in love. I think 30 minutes is really a lot of You know what I've tried part. before, and what I want to get your advice
0: on this. I want to get your advice. My wife is kind of a... Phone-aholic and, and she actually Sets her phone uh, You know When we bring it up She'll set it on The low power mode So she can't get anything Except for text Oh it's good But um, before I've texted her From across the living room Say hey I'm here Can we talk <laughs> <laughs> Just to get her attention And I was wondering Like I mean It's kind of Passive aggressive no, I know I
2: have done that With my husband Because he won't let me Get a word in edgewise If we have an argument Because like, he we thinks It's out? like he's a professor At the front of the uh, class. Debate And yeah no. an And he thinks It's not I think that an argument Or a discussion is back and forth like a tennis game. (laughs) He thinks it's him for 30 minutes then I can talk. So if I try to talk he's like I am not done yet. I'm like no it goes back and forth. (laughs) It goes back and forth. So I will go to like someplace in the house and I will email him. That's fine. I will email him. You know, for real. And I'll apologize. I'll apologize. (laughs) So then it ends it right. I'm like I'm really sorry. Here's how I felt. And then he'll apologize back so I can end it that way. But I have to go and email him so he will actually let me get a word in edgewise. Well I have to do the flip side because Dave just,
5: You've got your yeah. Dave just called me at home. He was just in the other room and I wasn't paying attention to him. And so my phone rings. And I'm like, what is he calling me for? He's in the kitchen. He's like, Hey, I just wanted to tell you I love you. I was like, Aww. Oh, ouch, like I'm I'm so <laughs> busy, right? So he actually called me to tell me that from the kitchen and I was in the other room.
0: Yeah. I do really like that this low power mode thing that she does. Yeah, so that's it keeps great. her off Smart. her phone from the w- apps and all that.
5: What were we gonna say, Michelle Betts? Um
6: I, <laughs> I can't remember exactly. <laughs> I'm getting all Are into you, everybody's stories. You, you're laughing, Monique, because all of the things that you guys have just said, I have like I've um text Andre from but he'll text me too. Yeah. If I'm if like if for they, the
2: other like the other room it,
6: or called yeah. me from the bathroom oh, which <laughs> oh, I'm Barry, right yes. in the room and he's uh, like um, what are you doing? Oh, <laughs> <there. I'm laughs> <laughs> well, I'll text. Like this morning, I was in I was in bed, and I could hear my dog barking outside. And I'm like, oh, let me tell my kids to bring him in. I'm like, good morning, my darling, Sienna. <laughs> <laughs> Can you please let that loud dog back in the house before we get kicked out of the, <laughs> <laughs> the neighborhood? <laughs>
2: that is hilarious. I will sometimes the call, you know, like, because <laughs> I'm working at, I have a studio in the basement. And so I might call or text a kid and say, you know, get dad for me or whatever. I need help with something in the studio. You know, and yes. I'm, when I'm working, so I don't. I think it's kind of a convenience. But okay, so what? We only have a couple minutes away. How do we, we? We need to model healthy behavior for our kids. There, we might really have to reassess when we should put them on social media because we don't want them. You know, reading horrible things someone else wrote about them, or feeling like they're not as important if they don't have as many likes, or getting inappropriate messages mm-hmm. on Snapchat.
3: And, you know, on that point, I just read something about Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, and he doesn't have any children, but he has a nephew. And he said that he did not want his nephew on social media. And I couldn't determine how old the nephew was. It said that he was going to – he was about to become a teenager. So I'm assuming he's 12. But it's, it's something eye-opening when the heads of these big tech giant yes. companies say, you know, I wouldn't want my family member doing this stuff. It, that should give us as parents pause.
2: Wow. All right, Arlene, tell us uh, you know where we can find you and where we can find your book.
3: com, and the book is Calm, Cool, and Connected, Five Digital Habits for a More Balanced Life, so that you can talk to your family members and you don't only have to text them.
2: <laughs> All right, well, I adore you, and I can't wait to talk to you uh, again. Same. We'll have you on the show soon, and I'm glad your voice is back. Thank you. Thank Thank you, you. friends. I appreciate it so much. Thank you, Arlene. Thank you. you. God bless you. All right. What do you guys think?
6: This is, I am really up and down on the social media. You are a phone person. Because I am a phone person. Yeah, and you you are like
2: like, a, you are a social activist on social media. That's how I connected (laughs) with you, really. But see,
6: I connect with a lot of people on there, and I feel like that I'm very high social online, and I'm very high social in person. I don't like when people are, have all these false relationships online and then mm-hmm. you see them at the store and they're like, I didn't see you like, mm-hmm. the, you know, they act
2: like they right. don't even no, know you. You're right. I'm a, you both. have balance because you, I've been with you at social events and you do connect with these ladies that you talk to on social media.
6: Yes, I do. Person. So I don't know for me, it's, it's kind of tough. And I, I think that like my, for example, my divorce group has been a blessing and that's all social media. Yeah. And I my mean, cousins,
2: d- uh, she lost her husband in his 30s last year she's in her 30s and she's connected with other widows on right social media, See, and it's and been how, a godsend how to could her. you
6: find to find all these people without social media would be a lot more difficult in my Monique. opinion you're not on social media at
2: all
4: i hate social media <laughs> 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 I hate
6: right. but Beatrice, you love I, it you
4: do live feeds i do i all do the time. It, you know it, it's all about balance yes it is it's all about, about balance. balance and yeah. when it comes to our children we really need to show them how to yep. balance it out yep.
2: Yeah. My friend who lost his son when he was nine, Quentin, said to me, you've got another chance to raise your kids. You've got the chance, Angie, to raise them. I don't have another chance with Quentin, and I wish I would have put down my computer, my phone, my iPad, mm-hmm. and paid atten- more attention to him. And you have a chance. So what, generally what I do when they come in the room, except for this two weeks, I put down my device and I look them straight in the eyes. Because I always think about Quentin and how his dad didn't get that chance to do that with him. Hey, go to my website, angiaustinradio.com, and uh, you can find uh, the way to email me. And you can find out about all my guests if you have questions about the authors and speakers who join us. uh, Michelle's in real estate. If you want really cool hair extensions, uh, Monique's got a great business. Donna has Jericho Girls. It's a ministry that uplifts women. She's also in real estate. And Beatrice is an author and speaker. And if you want to write a book, she can also coach you through that.
0: Jane. You call them and they'll pick up whatever you need. Furniture, small, big. Medium. Uh, yep, absolutely.
2: Uh, a small, big, medium. Yes, they'll ma'am. bring the truck right on over. What's yes, the number? Three
0: zero three two three eight 303 303-238
2: Jane. Yeah, they bring a truck right to your house. 303-238-Jane. Yes, Jane. 303 yes, 303-238-Jane. Arcthrift.org. Does cool. uh, Arc make you feel special?
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: I thought so. The are
4: special. Arcdrift.org. As are you, babe. As are you.
2: Thank you. Do you love working for Arc? I
0: love it ark for
5: over 120 years the denver rescue mission has been providing services to those in need and the homeless in the metro area it is the oldest full-service christian charity in the rocky mountain region since its conception in 1892 it has expanded to helping the homeless and hungry to provide services for men and single mothers offering programs such as rehabilitation for those suffering from addiction and abuse education and career centers family services, and life restoration. The Denver Rescue Mission is always in need of your assistance. You can help this growing organization by donating clothing, food, furniture, and more at any of the drop-off locations. For more information on their services, ways you can help, and to donate online, go to DenverRescueMission.org. DenverRescueMission.org. Changing lives in the name of Christ.
2: Welcome back to the good news. So excited to have my radio friend on the air. Arlene Pellicane is an author. She is a mom, a well-known speaker. You may have seen her on, oh, the Hour of Power, the 700 Club. Um, She's also been on several Christian shows in addition to radio. Um, I've heard you on Focus on the Family, and you've been on Focus on the Family several times, haven't you, Arlene?
7: It has been a dream come true because I love focus on the family. I grew up listening to them thinking, what do I do as a parent? And so for me to be on is amazing. So I think I've been on four times so far.
2: That's wonderful. And I know you've flown out to Colorado where I'm based to do that. You're based out of San Diego and speak a lot. And uh, we've talked a lot about your book, The Happy Husband and 31 Days to Becoming a Happy Mom. Are there other books that uh, you'd like to share with us as well? We've got
7: Growing Up Social. That one's co-authored with Gary Chapman of The Five Love Languages, and that's about raising relational kids in a screen-driven world. it also have 31 Days to Becoming a Happy Wife. If you just feel like, I'm not really loving this wife thing very much. It's just to help you kind of have that right perspective and then also 31 days to a younger you. That was my first book and mm-hmm. I interviewed ladies 40 to 100 to find out oh. like how did how did you do that? So, Wait, we talk every week. How did I know not know about that uh, one? That's that's my first one. That one came wow. out in 2010.
2: So, yeah. Exciting! All right. Well, I want to get some of your background. I know you've got three kids, like I do, and we've got kids that are sixth grade on down for you. My fourth grade on down. So our kids are close in age. We're both married Christian moms, very involved in you know radio speaking. You're into the writing. How did this all get started? When did your passion for Christ start?
7: Yeah, I started. I think as a junior higher, you know, in elementary school, I was brought up. Going to Catholic church, and uh, my my mom was Catholic, my my uh, dad was Protestant, but he didn't he's very sweet, so he didn't want to cause any problems. So if my mom wanted to go to mass, he'd go to mass. And my mom went to a Bible study that she thought was for kids, because she thought like, oh, that'd be cool for my little girl to learn the Bible. But it turned out that it was a Bible study for adults, and then the kids were the ones who played. And while she was there, she watched these women who – she loved God for sure, but she just didn't know you could read the Bible on your own. You could go to God on your own. You didn't have to always go to talk to your priest to get to God. She just did not understand that for herself. So when she saw these women talking to God and reading her Bible, that really awakened something, I think, in her very devout heart. And then later, a few years later, uh, there was a big church with lots of people in the parking lot. And my dad said, let's see what's going on there, you know. And so we visited a bit, you know, in those days, it would have been a mega megachurch. This is in the 80s, you know, 3000 people. And uh, my parents loved it and I guess as a kid I I don't remember this, but my parents will tell me you said, can we please go back there? I love it there And of course as parents yeah. they're always like we want our kids to be happy. Yes. So I came to know Christ at that church and grew very much in love with Christ in junior high and high school And I remember going at you know summer camp and crying at the altar and saying God, I want to love you all of my life and I really wanted to dedicate myself to God and in my mind I thought, well, that must mean I'm going to become a missionary because people who love God become missionaries. (laughs) So I studied and kind of did intercultural studies. I tried linguistics. I was awful at it. And uh, in college, I I was at a missions conference and someone said something very helpful to me. They said, Arlene, when you go to the mission field, you do something that you love. You don't like become a doctor on the mission field if you wouldn't become a doctor in the United States, you know, and you don't become this teacher of English overseas if you wouldn't teach here. So find something you really like and then take it overseas. And so for me, that was, wow, I like speaking and I like writing. But when you're in college, what in the world do you speak (laughs) And write about I just knew that those were things that I enjoyed so it led me to I worked for college admissions at Biola University with international students I did that for four years and then I went to get my master's in journalism dreaming of being you know the next Kathy Lee Gifford I thought I'm gonna host a morning show that would be fun let's dream big you know and I entered the
2: personality (laughs) for it (laughs)
7: I interned at, at the local ABC station and realized, boy, I don't like this daily news thing at all. And I really enjoyed those feature stories and talking to people and et cetera. So that led me to work at the 700 club. And I had a a wonderful dream type of job where I got to interview people. My first interview was with a double amputee and we went up a rock climbing wall. And she said, when I do that, I know I can do anything. And so that's the kind of thing I really love. But, you know, six, six months into my dream job of being this, you know, reporter, producer person, uh, I got married and we moved. So we moved away from that job and and I kind of lost that job, but it was not a big deal because I found a husband and it was great. So that led us to Dallas, Texas. And to make a long story short, uh, I, we moved closer to my family in San Diego. I looked for a job at turning point with David Jeremiah because I figured that is the kind of TV radio ministry I could really get behind the time that I called. They didn't have any job openings. And so I started teaching communication courses at a, at a local college and then i was asked to interview dr david jeremiah who of course is the head of turning point for an article about his bout with cancer And during that interview for this local newspaper, he said to me, now you've worked at the 700 Club, haven't you? And I said, yes. He said, well, we are expanding and we're looking for TV people. And there we were just a year later. And he's like, you need to talk to my people. And I started working at Turning Point. So that was really a dream job. And for those of you who listen to Turning Point and David Jeremiah, just know you are in good hands because you learn the word of God and they are the real deal. So I had an awesome time there and I would have, I'd still be there today if it wasn't for becoming a mom. When I became a mom, um, my husband and I had talked about that we'd like for me to come home and so I was home with my firstborn and I was freelance writing, still for Turning Point, but I still had that dream that had been there all the time to write and to speak and so my husband and I go to a yearly conference, it's called Mastermind Summit and there's people like Zig Ziglar and Neil Armstrong and Jim Rohn. That Didn't had they just spoken. have that
2: in California a little while ago? They have
7: it every August at the convention Okay, Center. because
2: because uh, my uh, friend Jim Stovall, who joins us on the show a lot, he's a blind oh, author and speaker. Yeah, yeah. He he goes every year, and I'm that's like, so, amazing. I'm so jealous. How do you even get an it's invitation? It's fantastic. Yeah, it's from
7: Buffini and Company, and, and he's a, a coach of realtors, and my husband has been um, coaching with him, and oh. now is a realtor with them. So so it's it's like a business type of convention, but of yeah. course. You know, they kind of get first dibs of who's able to come, but then after right. that, friends and family can come. So they always have amazing cool. conferences. So every year you're making goals. So one goal, you know, with this new baby, this is 2004, I write this goal like, I'm going to come here next year with a manuscript, you know, <laughs> and yeah. I did. And it really, if it wasn't for that practice of going somewhere where you're challenged, yes, where you're seeing like, your what goals. can you do? Yeah. They push you, etc. So it was a combination of coming with a manuscript and then um, I listened to Jack Canfield. He's the chicken soup for the soul author. Yeah, yeah. And one thing he said really helped me he said, you know. You can always ask, and the worst thing they can say is no.
2: People are just joining us. Arlene Pellicane, she has several books out now. She joins me weekly on my morning show, Daybreak USA, and she's one of my favorite guests. So, Jack Canfield, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, tells you, "Hey, if you don't ask someone that you know you admire for help or advice, uh, they can't say yes or no. You have to at least ask." So, you got up the guts to approach this author.
7: That's right. So my heart's beating. I feel kind of sweaty. And I talk to her and I say, this is what I like to do. And to my total delight, she says, I mentor young writers like you, and I would love to take you under my wing. And why don't we have breakfast?
3: And from
7: that relationship, That grew into a publishing uh, contract with Harvest House Publishers. My first book, 31 Days to a Younger You, and I'm ever, always grateful for Pam Farrell. So as you see people who can go before you, who can help you, and then it's this beautiful thing where she also feels this, like, okay, good, I pour into women, and look, there's fruit. So it's such a neat relationship for both people, for both a mentor and for the person being mentored. And of course, I'm the one on the bottom end, so I'm so ever so grateful, so so that's great. So I was able to start writing books and I think, you know, it, 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 when you get there and you think, this is what I want to do, but then it can be extremely intimidating. <laughs> like, now what do I do? Mm-hmm. And I remember I was a young, I still had a young baby. I was writing this book and I thought, what in the world have I gotten myself into? I was up late one night and I couldn't go to sleep. And I thought, well, you know, this is, I guess it's funny. I thought, let me take one of my theology books from my old Bible class and just start reading through the Old Testament, you know, things and try to get restful, you know, in the sleep. Well, I opened the pages, and it's this big, huge, thick book, but it says the editor was Rod Morris, and that was the editor assigned to me, to my book, Mm -hmm. and I thought to myself, my goodness, of all the books for me to pick out tonight and for all the editors to be there, it was his name, and it was God's way of showing me I'm go before you, and even though these things seem impossible to you or difficult or challenging to you, Keep going. You know, it's going to be okay. You know, I just heard a sermon this Sunday about um, not being mediocre. And none of us make this goal and dream of like, I want to live and let me be a mediocre broadcaster. You know, let I'd me really be a like mediocre mom. I'd love that. But as we look around, we see a lot of mediocre marriages, a lot of mediocre relationships with their kids, et cetera. And so that's my heart is to help people not have that mediocre. And my pastor talked about how mediocre, the most literal meaning of it is halfway up the mountain and talking about how it's okay to be halfway up the mountain as long as you keep going. But when you're halfway up the mountain and you stop and you're like, that's good enough that's mediocre. Like you never got there. You just mm-hmm. settled there. Mm-hmm. And so that's my heart for parents and for marriages to say, well, don't just stop there at right. the halfway mark. Like keep prodding along and keep doing it. Cause there's a great view at the top. Like keep going, keep learning, keep growing. I love these ladies. You know, I have this one book, 31 days to so a happy husband. And when I'm speaking and it's at the back of the room, you'll hear funny comments, right? Like sometimes the ladies will say, well, I've been married 15 years and if he ain't happy by now, he's never going to be happy. You know, that's, that's mediocre. They settled right there halfway, but I'll have another woman come and she'll say, oh, I've been married for 48 years and there's always something new to learn. Let me buy your book, sweetie, you know? And that's someone who's going to keep going up the mountain. And so I really want to encourage people, don't stop halfway, just keep going.
2: And, you know, if you're, let's be honest, we get tired. You know, I've got three kids that get up yeah. at, you know, 3, 3.30 in the morning. And my husband has a startup, so I do the sports and I wow. do the homework and I do the dentist. And uh, it's exhausting right now. I'm yeah. doing three jobs. I do two radio shows and I've yeah. got some TV work I've been doing. And so I speak. So right. I'll be honest with you, you get Tired, and so you don't know how to go up further than halfway. Yeah.
7: Yeah, and it could be the kind of thing where you reevaluate and you say, How how long can I sustain this? Right. And then with our spare time, what can I do that really rejuvenates me? And then with your situation and many women and men listening, they're so have so many hours that have to go into the work. So then how do you make those hours at home count, count. more?
2: Yeah.
7: And that's where the growing up social comes into place So I put the screens down. Like if you've got two precious hours with your children. Don't use it with you checking on social media and your kids playing video games, you know, because everyone's quiet. Just make sure you're doing something proactive so that you're actually connecting and having fun together.
2: And Arlene Pellicane, again, uh, 31 days to becoming a happy mom, 31 days to a younger you, uh, to be a happy husband, to becoming a happy wife, and then as you mentioned, growing up social. So you become this author, you wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, you went for it, you talked to Jack Canfield, then you talked to an author that you really admired, then what?
7: You know, it's been, it, it builds and it's wonderful. It's the compound effect as Darren Hardy writes about from uh, success magazine, but it's this idea that you just do the same behaviors over time and in time they build on each other. So, you know, it's that weekly blog post. It's a monthly podcast. It's speaking twice a year and then three times a year and then now up to 30 times a year so it's just it just is this building and god's been so kind to like every year there's kind of something new you know and but it it doesn't overwhelm. It's not like I went from zero to a hundred over one year. So Mm -hmm. that's been really great. So the idea is I've pretty much been writing a book a year since I started. And then my speaking has been picking up and then the radio and TV is always really fun. We we had the opportunity to go on the today show with 31 days to becoming a happy wife. And that was really fun. My publicist called me late on a Wednesday night and said, Arlene, you won't believe this. (laughs) The today show would like you to come, but only if your husband comes and verifies that you really are a happy wife. (laughs) and they want to see, they want to see video of James. And it was just like video of my husband. And so he had this YouTube video of a how-to of him making kettle corn. And Mm -hmm. so we, that's what we showed him and that did it. So James's kettle corn got us on the Today Show, you know,
0: so that, that was a thrill
7: to be able to, to be on national TV like that and tell people, you know what, marriage can be really fun. And, and that was fun. And Kathy Lee Gifford even asked us, now you believe that God really helps you in your marriage, don't you? I mean, she just, asked us. And we said, yes, we do. We believe that God, when you put God at the center of your marriage, you know, he does help you and he gives you peace where you normally would. I can't remember exactly what I said, but you know, the things he does for you that you can't do on your own. And that was a neat opportunity to share that on national TV as well.
2: Wow. That is so cool. All right. So what's next? You're a mom. You're busy. I mean, it does get more complicated as we mm-hmm. get more successful when we're trying to raise kids. And I'm like you. I mean, my kid time is priority time. Yeah. I look them eye to eye and I don't mess around with that time. Yes. I really try to take advantage of it.
7: Yeah. You know, I'm in a really sweet spot with my marriage, which is wonderful. We're 17 years married and we just recently, on our anniversary, which was in January, we watched these videos of ourselves when we were dating. I kind of knew that I wanted to marry him. So, and I figured this is going really well. So I started taking videos of us. Us talking to the video camera, like making commentary about what we've done that evening or whatever. And we were so schmoopy, like we're just like glued to each other. And we had these looks of love for each other. I mean, it was so funny. We were like in hysterics, like we looked like that, you know, but what it has done is it's put this sweetness back in. Like we're those same people, like that's still us. You yeah, know, We've matured, but those people, they are us. So it's, it's brought the sweetness to like, I have to be intimate with my husband to I I get to do that. That's fun. You know, and obviously as busy moms and women and blah blah we can tr- we can turn that corner and be like, "Oh no, another thing to my to-do list." But let that sweetness return to your marriage. So that's been really sweet. And then I've got my son's going to be going into junior high. So it's that whole navigating the middle school years coming up, yeah. he goes to public school. Uh, and then uh, I'm thinking, I'm kind of percolating on other, other book ideas and then speaking opportunities as they come. And we're going on a marriage cruise actually in May. What? So you are invited, your listeners are invited May 15th through the 22nd. And you go to cruise to a happy cruise to a happy marriage.com. And that's going to be fun. That's going to be our first marriage cruise, our first cruise ever. And James and I will be speaking along with other speakers. And it's really to help people love each other in this beautiful setting on the Royal Caribbean, leaving from Galveston, Texas, and going to uh, Grand Cayman, Cozumel, and Jamaica so
2: join well, us. That is exciting. I know. Screws to a happy marriage.com. Exciting. Yeah. You leave bitter and come back. Yeah. Tan and happy. Tan and happy with your spouse. I with a recommitment
7: that. to one another. It starts yes. at 790 um, per person for the state, the interior stateroom. So it's not a terrible deal for, for one, yeah. for one week.
2: Yeah. I love that. All right. So I'd love to have you come back on the good news more regularly because I love the idea of, you know, raising kids who are well-adjusted, having happy marriages, appreciating our spouses, and, you know, getting along with each other, really cherishing this family time that we're blessed to have right now, rather than looking um, at a lot of these things we have to do as a burden or a chore. Yes,
7: that's right. Yeah. yeah. If we can reclaim that gratitude, it's it makes a big difference.
2: Arlene Pellicane here on Focus on the Family. She's been on the Today Show, um, numerous shows, and you can find her now at arlenepelicane.com. That's where I've been looking at all your books. Thank you, Angie. It's been so fun to talk to you today fun uh, too. And I, by the way, you haven't sent me 31 days to a younger you. I love the no surgery, no diets, no kidding. Hello.
7: We'll send that on. It'll be on its way.
6: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, Arlene. You're the best. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye.
2: and ArkDrift.org for a location near you if you just want to drop a few things off and do a little shopping. ArkDrift.org, shopping with a purpose.
0: I love... YMCA of the Rockies is the place to take your family this spring. It's like a destination vacation in your own backyard. This year at SS Park Center, we have a family mountaineering and backcountry weekend scheduled for March 1st through the 4th. We'll be hosting family snowshoe hikes, backcountry ski meetups, outdoor winter survival trainings, winter ecology hikes, and much more. We'll have guest speakers, excursions for every level of experience, and demos by popular mountaineering equipment brands such as Loa and Montbell. Visit ymcarockies.org for more information. That's ymcarockies.org.
4: Well, praise the Lord and God bless you. This is Beatrice Bruno, the drill sergeant of life, and I am here with two of my besties here in the Denver Metro. Donna Hetzler, she's the 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 head chick of the Jericho the girls. Head chick, head chick <laughs> <of Jennifer laughs> girls. And uh, I, I tell you, a bright and shining star in all our lives. Oh yeah, Jennifer oh, Bishop. Thank you. You're just so precious. <laughs> oh, thank you so much.
0: And God we just want to talk
4: to you today about what you're doing. We hmm. we know you're active in a whole bunch of stuff. You
1: know, God has me going all over the place. He does, he yes. does. And you, you know what? What a blessing it is to be able to to do what I want with who I want, when I want, and to help. That's
4: good. Yeah. That's good right there. And just to
1: be in the place when God
5: says move or speak or do something, you are so open to, okay, what is the father up to? Right. Just reminds me of Jesus. He was always looking to see what the father was up
4: to. And you're, you're, Mm -hmm. you're all about that. Mm -hmm. she is. She's an entrepreneur. She's a wife. She's a mother. Um, let me tell you, wife to an Awesome dude, don't tell him I said Shh. that, because he will hold it over my head. <laughs> and even big. awesome, our son, Christopher. Woo-hoo. And um, But you're an entrepreneur, and that speaks mm-hmm. something in today's society. Tell us a little bit about what you do.
1: So my company is called Living Your Potential, and I, I am so blessed and honored to help people be their best self, whether that is health and wellness, or if... if you know, entrepreneurship speaks to them, I, I can help them through my coaching skills be the best version of themselves. Uh, we talk about, um, th- you know, the the products, the health products are in the nutrigenomics field, which it's using c- natural compounds that, that God gave us mm. to yes. make your body the best that it can be. And then if you see this vision of being able to help other people and it works, then we can go down that road as well. Amen. And you're
4: all about helping
1: other people. Mm, that's good. God put me on this earth <laughs> to help. That's I'm a servant. That, if, if I'm not serving, I'm not doing it right. And I'm all about fun. Fun, fun, fun.
5: Yes, and I love when we sat down and talked about this, mm-hmm. that um, you're just low-key. You're like, if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, and how you coached me and encouraged me, I mean, you get the whole package deal Yeah. when you sit down with Jennifer. It's it's really yeah. inspiring to see.
4: I like that, the whole package deal. Yeah, you deal. get the whole yeah. package yeah. deal. Whole package. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: it may or may not be for people. And, <laughs> you know, with anything, just, just like... Um, the word of God, when I speak the word of God, some people, it lands on them and they receive it. And, and the thing is, is it's all about them Mm -hmm. and where they are in their world and their life. And so if we speak truth, um, some people are not ready to hear truth yet. Mm -hmm. Yep. And some people are hungry for it. And that's the blessing of what I get to do every day, all day.
4: Amen. Do you minister more to women or to men or or just both? Ooh, good question.
1: You know, I think God puts more women in my life for some reason. Uh, You know, I am a woman. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Stephen's glad about that. Yeah, amen. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that that works really well.
4: (laughs) So how do people get in touch with you about what you're doing and, and, you know, your mentoring and speaking? How do they get in touch with you? Absolutely. You can find me on Facebook at the
1: Jennifer Bishop, the The Jennifer Jennifer Bishop, Bishop. Ah, ah. (laughs) (laughs) or you can uh, go to my website, livingyourpotential.com. Amen.
4: Living your potential. And you know what? We all should be living our potential Mm, because God has put so much, he's invested so much in each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. And so we owe him Mm. that living our full potential. Yes. He's looking for us. And Jennifer Bishop, you are the epitome of living your potential. I'm Thank so proud you. of you and I just you. Love, you so much, I love you so much, girl.
5: Thank you. There's a lot of love in this
4: room. <laughs> yes, We're feeling <laughs> the love. Yes, it is. So, hey, contact Jennifer today, the Jennifer Bishop. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you. Have a great day everyone.
4: All right, bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
5: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.